Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. Today, we're going to be going over some topics ranging from, you know, going over the Cavaliers' recent trade for Laurie Markkinen, kind of talking about something fun that happened in the Little League World Series. We had uh, Ohio versus that team up north. And then we're going to get into some college football talk. I know right now as we recorded, Ohio State is playing against Minnesota. And for whatever reason, getting our butts kicked. So we'll kind of keep you guys updated throughout the episode. I'm sure you're all at home watching and yelling at the TV as I was a little bit ago. But like I said, we'll keep you updated and we'll kind of talk about what we've seen so far from C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State team. Going forward, we'll normally cover these games before they happen, but this is just kind of an anomaly where they played on a Thursday night. So, all right, let's get started. Let's go over the Little League World Series first. Greg, how'd you feel about Ohio going up against that team up north? Um, I thought it was great. It was good to see an Ohio team make it that far and playing, you know, Michigan team uh, tonight's Midwestern classic for the for the little guys. I watched bits and pieces of it and like him or not, or like the team up north or not, Jackson Surma is a beast. He's <laughs> gonna be a beast. He's a, he was a beast. I mean, you see him hitting those doubles, hitting those, you know, mm-hmm. base hits and stuff and just getting on base and just like putting his fists up, you know, and, it, you know, flexing and, and stuff like that. It was just, it, again, I, I'm a big fan of baseball, regardless of how I can get it and regardless of teams and just to see those kids just, you know, knock it out of the park. Uh, I was really, really excited to see. Yeah, he had like four RBIs, I believe. Yeah, he finished the day two for three with four RBIs and a run scored. Ethan Van Bell picked up that win. He even, I think he stranded the bases loaded, I think in the first and in the third, but still got out of those jams and was able to come away with a win. Yeah, yeah, Ohio was able to, uh, like, he kind of came back there towards the end before, you know, that double was hit. But, yeah, we, we left a we left a lot of runs on the bases, so and that, that kind of hurt us there in, in the long run. But, I mean, all in all from the bits and pieces that I was able to watch with it, watch of it and everything from highlights and everything, it, was, it seemed like a pretty good game. And Michigan has some dudes on there that will probably go to the next level as long as they keep developing and growing and stuff like that. So that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm not that's the best at that level. So Yeah, and I- – I'm not sure the exact number, but I think it's very small of players that have ever actually won the Little League World Series and then gone on to win a Major League World Series or even a College World Series. I mean, it's it's less than 10. Maybe next episode we'll get you guys that exact number. But yeah, I think I don't think it's very many. So which is kind of crazy because you think, like I said, when, when I said, you know, as long as I keep developing, there's there's no telling what you know, kids at that age choose to to kind of change their their career paths or their trajectory in life and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, different things come up interest and, and everything. And and that's just how it goes. But it'll definitely be interesting to see if a lot of those guys continue, a lot of those kids continue on growing and developing through the sport and, and kind of make it to the next level. So Yeah, I mean, interest can wane throughout the years and, you know, injuries and a lot of different stuff that'll happen. So, uh, but yeah, yeah like you said. Up and, you know, that's just especially if you're you're a good athlete and stuff like that. And yeah, it'd be cool. Well, the, if you guys haven't uh, watched the game or you didn't get to watch the game, go ahead and go ahead and, you know, watch some highlights on it and stuff like that. And it was definitely, like I said, it was a good game. Michigan went up early and then Ohio came back and then, you know, they sealed the deal. So definitely fun. Now moving on, we'll kind of go over the Cavs trade. So they did do a sign and trade with uh, Lori Markin and it was a three team deal. 
So it's uh, sent uh, Laurie Markin into the Cavs, and then it sent Larry Nance to the Raptors, I believe, and then Chicago got a first out of much. That was that was kind of the key, and there was a couple of them. Nothing like school. So obviously now we have pretty much a <laughs> a starting five big man lineup, I guess, if they still decide to uh, walk Kevin Love out there. Um, obviously they can't find a trade partner for him, so they might as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, basically they have, you know, Kevin Love, they have Laurie Markkinen now. Um, they have Evan Mobley, and then they have Jared Allen, and then they signed Taco Fall recently. So <laughs> definitely have a good rotation there for the uh, four in the five spot. So what do you think about adding Laurie Markkinen to the team, Greg? Do you think it, you know, helps us? Do you think it's kind of just another player that they're trying to see sticks? I mean, I, I've never been lights out excited about marketing to begin with. He's he's a decent player, but he's not, you know, blue chip caliber. They definitely need a, another outside shooter, so that should help the situation a little bit. Uh, just for clarification, I do believe that Larry Nance went from Cleveland to Portland. Oh, Portland, yes, sorry. Portland, so I just wanted to make sure that, that you know, We'll definitely see if this this is going to work out for the Cavs. You know, he's a, he's a seven footer, averages thirteen what thirteen point six points, five point three rebounds, and fifty one games with the Bulls last year. So I'm thinking what he spent four years with the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't so he wasn't there very long, but they kind of drafted him to be that um kind of like Porzingis type, I believe. So somebody who can, you know, score inside, but is is also really good at spreading the floor. So, and I think that maybe Chicago just didn't use him that way. I think they kind of used him more as like a big, but I don't know. He really, like you said, he has kind of been lackluster, not much to to see. He hasn't really developed well. So he was 40% from three point, which isn't horrible. You know, yeah. the outside shot. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think, I think mostly like, if they use them, they'll put them in that four spot, just to kind of spread the floor. You know what I mean? They'll kind of rotate Mobley and Allen and, and Taco there at that, that five spot. And then kind of you, because then you can use Mobley and you can use marketing to spread the floor a little bit too. So now you have two bigs and, you know, they're athletic enough that at times, if you wanted to, you could move them to the three, maybe depending on what teams had in and you can kind of run a really big lineup if you wanted to, but I don't know. It definitely, it definitely kind of just feels like they're trying to load up on young pieces and see what sticks and what fits for me. And I don't know. He, he's kind of the same player as, as kind of what they brought Kevin Love in to be all those years ago when LeBron was still there. But he's a little bit more reliable. To <laughs> and he just I mean, up on the-, the price for him was definitely high. So, like I said, we'll see. It's a, it's a weight game. This, this season is going to be really interesting for what – the super teams versus the mid markets versus the yeah. lower market teams see who actually comes out ahead. All I'll say is they they owe us that big man lineup. I saw it was like a big man lineup where they had um <laughs> it was like Taco at point guard and then they had Laurie Markinen at the at the two. No, sorry, they had they had Kevin Love at the two, they had Mobley at the three. They had Markin at the four and Jared Allen at the five. <laughs> so I feel like they owe us that lineup for like at least a couple minutes. You know what I mean? They're they're up big, they're down big. Go ahead and uh throw throw that in there. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. <laughs> but just to move on, kind of talk some college football before we kind of start talking about Ohio State and Minnesota, which is going on right now. 
we're going to talk about the recent news of the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 um, kind of joining a pact, saying that they won't steal any teams, and then, you know, that potential to maybe join forces at some point, sometime. So, you know, how do you kind of feel about that, Greg? What do you think is going to happen? How far do you kind of see this going? And then do you think that they'll create a, you know, a conference with all 41 universities, or do you think they'll kind of stand pat with their originals, you know, saying, being like, we're going to stay in our conferences, but we're not going to steal any teams from each other's conference. Yeah, that's actually where I kind of think it'll go. There'd be way too many logistical nightmares going on for a 41-team mega conference, let alone the yeah. the, the rights for um, TV and all that, this, that, and the other. And then you'd, you'd just be looking at, at something that, you know, would honestly – possibly become a monopoly to the point of of not not being fair to some of these you know lower ranked teams or some of these you know teams that are not in these these conferences so i i just don't think that'll happen i i do think that it's a good thing that they're they're all kind of joining together to help each other out say we're not going to steal from each other possibly share in market revenue you know that's where i kind of where i looked at it the most of it because Obviously, over the last two seasons or so, college football as a whole has lost a boatload of money, just boatloads and boatloads. And so, we'll see. I mean, everybody's really talked well about it. You know, Duke's president said, you know, this is the lines of the first and foremost, uh, a statement about the vital connection of academic excellence, excellence to college athletics. You know, University of Wisconsin dean came out as is. Saying, you know, the, the Big Ten Conference always prioritizes academic excellence as well as as, le- as well as athletic excellence for our student athletes. You, you've you've heard heard from a lot of different guys coming out saying that this is a good thing for for the Big Ten, for ACC, and for Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, I I view it the same way that you that you do. I I think that that at the end of the day, these three conferences are going to sit there and they look at the the SEC and kind of what they've done by adding Texas and Oklahoma now. And they go, well, we kind of have to increase, you know, the level of play here. So instead of, you know, cherry picking each other's teams to try to make, you know, a comparable conference so that when you look at um, level of play, it's comparable. Um, So I just think that they sat there and they said, well, instead of, you know, cherry picking each other's teams, let's just be more fluid within our scheduling. You know what I mean? Let's be like, so obviously each conference has their, you know, top five to six teams let's just make sure that each of those top five to six teams they get at least one game played each year along with you know the conference game within their own conference and I think that would be a lot better and I think that would kind of help like I said that that strength of schedule it'll help you know give us better games going forward more fun games going forward and I think that 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 could be something good I, I I do see like I see that if the SEC starts making a ton of money because they added Texas and Oklahoma and they're also getting more credit because of the strength of schedule and strength of conference going forward, that we could start seeing teams, you know, like Ohio State or any of the other bigger teams within these three conferences kind of look at each other and go, well, which conference are we going to join to be together or are we going to create our own new conference and just to kind of rival that, that strength of conference? You know, if we, like I said, over the next five years, if you kind of see something like that where the SEC is just dominating, they're getting, you know, in the playoff every season. Then you're like, all right, we got to do something different. We got to do something better to help out and, and grow and stuff like that. But no, I just see right now, 
they're just going to try to schedule more games against each other, you know, best best be the best, mid-tier versus the mid-tier, you know, versus the lower tier. Give us some fun new types of games and increase that revenue. Like, Yeah, I mean, exactly. That that more exciting games, you know, when you see Ohio State and, you know, Minnesota, or not Minnesota, I'm sorry, Wisconsin, Penn State being the top, you know, year after year, and you see basically the same games played year after year, and it's kind of that repetitive can get to the point of not as as exciting as seeing some other games that you're like, wow, I never, you know, we've never played them before. And that's, you know, maybe could even start a new rivalry completely. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. It'll definitely be interesting to keep track of over the next, you know, this next season and in going forward, because I think Texas and Oklahoma stuff to wait a couple of years before they can join the SEC. But like I said, it'll be interesting to see who kind of folds first and what starts to happen. Um, I, I do think we're kind of looking towards maybe a reshuffle I think with this whole name image likeness and, and the money start to flow and stuff like that, I think that a, a super conference is almost going to kind of be inevitable. And then everybody else is just, is just there left. And you know what I mean? I, I think that if they're smart, they'll kind of all come together and create some sort of tier system. And that way that everybody is most profitable. We'll kind of see what happens. Maybe they try to stay there. Hope it works out or if they'll come together and try to create something so that it does last a long time. Cause if they, they don't do something and they wait another 10 years then college football as we know it might be so we'll kind of see but to move on to the you know main topic right now of Ohio State versus Minnesota so right now it looks like it is 32 21 it looks like Ohio State just scored but it does look like they just scored kind of going over some of these stats so far just so that we can talk about it, it looks like for Minnesota Tanner Morgan is 6 for 13 75 yards and a touchdown and then Ibrahim, their running back, who is a monster, has 28 carries for 158 yards and two touchdowns. And then for Ohio State, after his slow start, C.J. Stroud does have two touchdowns. He's 11 for 19 and 163 yards. He still has that interception. And then Williams has 111 yards, 13.9 yards per carry and one touchdown. He kind of looks to be that, that lead back as of right now in Garrett Wilson. Just kind of hearing those stats, Greg, you know, how do you feel about, I know you kind of caught the tail end of the first half, I think there, but how do you kind of feel about this first game for Ohio State and, you know, Minnesota's dropped 21 points on us so far. How do you feel about their team? Honestly, I I think that Ohio State's defense has been a little sloppy, um, kind of slow on their feet. Uh, I'm not sure how much of the rain is, is affecting this doesn't seem to be downpouring, but it's definitely a consistent rain. So that might be part of the issue. The Michigan or not, I'm sorry, the Minnesota coaches have definitely thrown in a few, uh, you know, odd plays that, that maybe the Ohio state wasn't ready for. I think what's really hurt Ohio state so far in this game has been the penalties, roughing the passer defense pass interference. It, so, you know, obviously Ryan Day is going to bring them into the room and show them some tape and chew their butts out for making these, you know, little mental mistakes. Like you said that roughing the passer, he just needs to lower his arms and hit the body and not not the helmet because he definitely hit high. I think honestly what Minnesota did really well, and I was kind of getting worried about it in that first half, was, was they put pressure on C.J. Stroud and they got him uncomfortable. They got him out of the pocket. They got him moving and he's not – He's not like Justin Fields. He's not like JT Barrett, you know what I mean, in the, that we've had in the past. He's not really able to to move like that and throw like that. And if you get him off balance and you get him out of rhythm, 
we kind of saw what happened. So they came out in the second half and they gave him, you know, a screen pass and then something over the middle. And then he was able to kind of get going and it. And that, that really helped out. What I'm really surprised about is like our run game. They were so, you know, worried about it there at the beginning of the season. But I mean, we have three guys right now who are all averaging over four and a half yards per carry right now. Like I said, Williams has that 111 yards on the ground. I think that our, our, you know, running back room is, is really good. And then to kind of echo what you said about the defense, it looks like, you know, Kerry Combs, he's going to have that secondary pretty on par unless we're facing you know, Alabama of last year who had like two or three first round wide receivers. So, I mean, that's yeah. just, that's kind of how it goes sometimes, but you know, that, that secondary is going to be on par. It's going to be good. It's going to be able to keep up with most wide receivers in the league. What I'm really worried about is the fact that they have a running back who has 162 yards, 5.6 yards of carry and two touchdowns right now. And he's not stopping. Like they cannot slow him down. He already has 29 carries. I mean, you're talking, that's a lot of carries in one game for a running back. We're not even in the fourth quarter yet. This is just in three quarters. He's still moving. And that, that is what, that is what is worrying me about this defense because like not saying that Minnesota is, you know, a wash or, or Ibrahim is not good because he is probably one of the top backs in the country. But we are going to play a lot of good teams this year and they're going to have a lot of good running backs. You know, like Wisconsin, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where you look at and you're like, if we can't stop the run, then how are we going to win, you know, multiple games here? I don't know. I, I know this is the first game of the season and most of the time, most teams in their first game of the season, they play, you know, kind of a, a gimme win, a gimme win. You know what I mean? I don't want to say that that's what it is. But I mean, that, that's pretty much what it is. You go play a lower D1 school, you know what I mean? That, that's pretty much a gimme win there. But we're playing an actual like team that could that could make some noise this year that that has the potential to go undefeated Minnesota. And that is, you know, definitely something different for us in, in throwing out, you know, the, the freshman quarterback. They definitely rattled him in the first half, but he seemed to come back and, and kind of get it done so far. I mean, breaking news is that he just got injured and was helped off the field does not look like he's going to be returning for at least a few downs. Did you see what happened? Looked like possibly a little turf toe, um, possibly a calf extension. Okay. Obviously doesn't really show exactly what happened, but uh, his right foot kind of planted off a little bit and then extended a little down. So that could have had that calf strain that generally happens. I know this, I know that Minnesota, does it say who, I think Minnesota has the ball right now, but does it say who's coming in for him or no? No, not yet. Interesting. Well, listen, I, I think that unfortunately it's not really the game that you'd want to see adversity against, but this is interesting because I think a lot of the country is watching right now, especially the you know, college football playoff committee, and they want to see how we, you know, get along against this ad- adversity here. So now we gotta go put another freshman you know quarterback in and see what he does so hopefully studio shot is good because that that's important so as always we're going to go into our sports rundown here so i am going to start with the indians they're still second in the AL central they're seven and a half games back of the wild card spot right now so short of a miracle i think their season's kind of over right now they're just going to kind of start putting in some of some of their younger talent seeing what's going on you know what i mean unless they can they think they can make you know a run at it but you know, tomorrow or when this episode comes out on the third, they do start a series against the Red Sox. And I don't know the Red Sox are are battling for that that spot right now in the playoffs. And I just don't. It's kind of 
getting past them or even getting a win out of that. So I think, like I said, they're going to play some of their younger guys and then they're going to get ready for their rebranding and guardian. Moving on to the Reds, they are in a spot where they, they are in that second wild card spot right now. They are just a half a game, you know, above San Diego. And starting tomorrow, they only have 24 games left. So they play Detroit, Chicago, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh again, Washington, and the White Sox. So, you know, Detroit, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Washington, they're all under 500. St. Louis is only four games above 500. So if they can rattle some wins off against some of these, you know, teams that are kind of in, let's just play some young guys and see what happens. I think they have a good chance of holding off San Diego and leaving that last wild card spot. So that is really exciting for Reds fans and Ohio baseball fans alike, you know, to have an Ohio team in the playoffs this year. So kind of taking a step back from, from their, you know, playoff getting into the playoffs the past like and then lastly the crew I mean it's kind of the same as as last week we did get a win against Cincinnati but they still let up two goals so you know we've only won one game we haven't we've actually like lost we've won one game out of the last seven games and we lost six games last seven games with a goal differential of 17 so I just I don't know they they have 12 games left they're only sitting three points back from that last playoff spot so they really need to win games and they can't lose any games. So I guess they can they can tie, but they just can't lose or they're just not going to make up that ground. And, you know, pretty bad news. Not only has the team had trouble playing their, you know, original starting 11 that they attended to, but now Kevin Molino is sidelined for the next year. We did tear his ace on his right knee. So, again, just another bit of adversity that that team has to go through and try to, you know, figure out depth and everything. So I, I just don't know. I think this year might be, might be one of those years that they, they do try their best to get in the playoffs. But like I said, they, they, they got to win the majority of their remaining. Now, just to kind of end off the episode, we're going to go into our double take segment. So I will let Greg start it off. All right. Uh, one thing that I think will happen in the sporting world over the next week or two, I'm going to have to say that I finally think the Dodgers will come out ahead in the National League West and finally overtakes San Francisco. I know they are even right now as far as wins, uh, 85 wins and 49 losses. So it's like 634. Dodgers have been just lights out with all the added added pieces they had uh, at the trade deadline. And I definitely think that my prediction of what was going to be the World Series that we did on, on deck, I think that prediction for the Dodgers finally overtaking San Francisco and taking that to be come true. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. They're, they're on a bit of a run right now. And, and they, you know, the rich got richer. So <laughs> that's how it goes. But for my thing that I think will happen in the sporting world over the next two weeks, I believe that Ben Simmons is going to get traded. I think he has to get traded because I just don't see that working out. He's already said he's going to hold out. But I know it's a little bit more, you know, wishful thinking than maybe predicting. But I think when he gets traded, it's a multi-team deal that includes Kevin Love. So the Cavs have kind of inserted themselves in a lot of multi-team deals this offseason which is you know kind of normal but not normal and I think with Kevin Love's contract and the money situation going on I think that it works out because you need to have you know big money for big money so Ben Simmons is getting shipped off shipped off somewhere so you know for the Cavs to be able to like hey can we just slip Kevin Love in here and then all you got to do is give us nothing in return I don't even care then I think that that might work out for them. But regardless of Kevin Love being added into it, I do think that Ben traded over the next two weeks. To who? I have no idea. 
I think he's going to be pretty unhappy when he goes, though, because I think they're going to trade him to a team that's not really contending right now, and they're just going to get a bunch of young pieces out of it and try to see where that lands. Yeah, I mean, he he said he's not going to show up for training camp, and then they've been talk about that he's got this beef with Joel Embiid, and Embiid has come out and said that you guys are all making this up. We're all cool. There's no beef between us, and... I mean, but what are you going to do? This guy scored nine points over the three, the last three playoff games. You, it, I don't want to say he's garbage, but like you obviously showed in the, some of the biggest stages that you could not produce at all. And, well, just, and it, I, I don't think his trade value is that high. I know he's owed like what, like 147 million over the next four or something like that. Yeah. I mean- the, the, the problem is he just doesn't have any other scoring than, than going inside. But when you get to the playoffs, everything slows down and they clog the paint up. So if you don't have a jump shot, if you can't shoot threes, or in his case, he just won't shoot. I mean, that's like the craziest thing. Just just jack up a couple. Make them make them come up to you so that you can get around them. I, I just don't understand. Or it's, even set something up so that you know somebody can get an offensive rebound and then yeah. put it back in. And you know what? He's he's phenomenal defensively. I'll give you that. But nobody nobody wants to pay someone one hundred and seven million dollars over four years or whatever it is, just to be really good at defense. They can go pay somebody like six million dollars a year to. Do. So and and then on the other point, they had him playing point guard at one point, and he's really not that good of a facilitator. Like he's all right, but he's not like it's not like you're talking about like LeBron James or or somebody else that big who can facilitate like that. He just can't. So yeah, I don't know how they're gonna move him, but hey. Kevin Love for Ben Simmons. Might as well. <laughs> and a Diet Coke can. And we'll give them a Diet Coke. Actually, we'll we'll give them a, a year's supply of Coca-Cola. And the I don't even remember. Let's move on. <laughs> so what's your one crazy thing that you saw, heard about, or happened to you over the past two weeks? So I know this has been viewed by tons, millions and millions of people. I think that Twitter alone has 10.7 million views on this. But someone played a hilarious Simpsons prank on the Virginia school board and put a whole bunch of names up that the person, the the chairman of the Virginia school board had to read aloud so that they could come up and speak. Names like Phil McCracken, Eileen Dover, just stuff like that. It's just, it was hilarious. And this guy (laughs) had no clue what was going on and just hearing him say all these names out loud. I mean, I just lost it within the first two, and then he went on for another four or five. So it was great. That's amazing. <laughs> my my crazy thing that happened, and I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw it or not, but it was the uh, the Bishop Sycamore, you know, <laughs> there that like fake high school that put ESPN. So like basically, I don't I don't know how it happened. I don't know how you don't like bet that, but not Trick, only tricked ESPN into broadcasting this game that was a whole bunch of like like college dropouts yes like like for, first of all they like tricked them into broadcasting this game and they had played two games in one weekend and then they played like the best high school team in the state and they just got crushed like 49 to nothing so not only was this were these like grown men playing against like children like these were like 22 to like 25 year old men playing against like 16 17 year olds and they got crushed, but like they somehow tricked ESPN into broadcasting this game national television, which is like I, I just I don't and then and then they went out and they made a statement being like we're firing our head coach, like you're not even a real team. I don't even understand how they like I don't even know where they came from. 
<laughs> Somebody showed me a like a, a picture, like they actually even put like a Google image of their like the high school, you know, the sign out front of the, the school. Like they mm -hmm. made a fake generated picture of a, like a school that doesn't exist. That's just amazing. I I, I don't know that that was like my favorite thing. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna talk about. I had you know like wanted to talk about J.R. Smith, you know going going to college and and being a part of the golf team and stuff like that and doing all that stuff. And then this came out and I was like, we got this. That's crazy. I mean, I think I think it was like here they they said they were from here in Ohio. Like, and that's that's the craziest thing too. Was like, because I was reading this article right here and it says the Ohio Education Department record shows. Bishop Sycamore as a private school in Columbus. So with their own address, like they went to the lengths of like trying to register themselves as a private like high school. So that's phenomenal. You know, good, good job on their part. I, I don't know. You know, I think that whoever did that, you know, deserves, deserves something and they need to get hired on somewhere. I don't know because they, they pulled a fake on everybody. We'll probably get a 30 for 30 for it here in a couple of years. And then, <laughs> then we'll know a little bit more about it, but that's, that's my crazy thing. So I thank you guys for, for listening and into another episode here of Ohio verse. And if there's any topics that you guys would like us to cover going forward, please let us know. Also be on the lookout here for another YouTube video popping out in the next week or so. We did go to a major bocce tournament up in Cleveland and did some cool interviews and got some cool videos and pictures and everything. And we're going to put that all together for you guys and kind of talk about that experience and put that on. So go ahead and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and look out for that video. Also, we are new to Amazon Music. So if you do have Amazon Music, you can look in their podcast section and look us up. You'll be able to find us there. And listen to us on Amazon Music now, as well as Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. As always, thank you, Greg, for coming on. This was super fun. Can't wait to do it again until next time. And to all of our listeners, again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to comment and let us know how we can do better. Or if you like what we're doing, let us know that too, so we can continue to do what we're doing. But again, thank you. This is Ohioverse. As always, until next time. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.